today on Ag News Daily. We were noticing on one hand, employers saying, boy, we just can't find talent. Where's the talent? But at the same time, we're having young people come to us and say, boy, I can't find a job or I can't find an internship. And, you know, I've got this ag degree and I've got these experiences. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Today is Friday, May 26th. My name is Delaney Howell. I am one of the hosts for the Ag News Daily podcast, along with my other host, Mike Pearson. And we have some really, really big news to share today, don't we, Mike? I don't know, Delaney. What could that big news be? I am just gushing over here because our website, www.agnewsdaily.com, is finally live. And it is very exciting. You can listen to every single podcast that we have ever published. You can subscribe up in the right-hand corner. Just put your email in, and we will send the podcast right to your inbox so you get it. When we publish it, you don't have to worry about downloading it. We're going to have news stories up there. Delaney, this is very cool. This is like a day we need to mark down in history or something. It is. It is uh, May 26th, 2017, a date which will live in... Infamy. Well, but not infamy. It will live in infamy. <laughs> right? The opposite of infamy right. will be infamy. Sure. We'll go with that. All right. So, yes. So we have the website is live. That is very, very cool. We encourage all of you listeners to... Uh, Get out those cell phones, check it out, and let us know if there's anything that isn't working. You click a button and nothing happens. Let us know. We know that there are going to be those things, and uh, we just need to know what they are so we can get in there and uh, repair it. Yeah, and we're not completely done. We need to put more news articles in, and we have a little video we're going to upload here within the next week. So it's not done done, but really the bulk majority of it is finished. Right, and it will continue to change every day as we add news right. and podcasts to it. So uh, go ahead and bookmark yep. it, folks, and yeah. uh, make it a regular stop. Yeah, that's right. And we're going to be rolling out an app sometime here. I don't want to say a timeline because I don't yeah. know for sure, but sometime in here in the future. That's right. So we will let you know when that drops. But in the meantime, over this uh, Memorial Day weekend, if you have a minute, do log in, check it out, and uh, let us know your thoughts. That's right. Do you have any other exciting news, Mike? Um, on a personal level? Yeah. Or agriculture related? On a personal level. On a personal level, I do have some exciting news. I've got a, a couple of welders here at the place. We are finishing <laughs> up the feed yard. This is a process that was started. Uh, we started moving dirt for it last uh, summer and, um, you know, got held up with the mud and you name it and running out of money. Mm. And uh, finally, we're getting it done so we'll be able to turn calves out into the new lot, uh, I suppose, next week. For a while, I didn't know where you were heading with that, but that is exciting news. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty pumped. Good. Yeah. Good. How about you? Um, I don't have, I mean, I have a few little jobs I'm putting in some bids for, for some clients on my other business but other than that i don't have anything too exciting i'm just really ready for this really long nice relaxing weekend where i don't have to think about work it is relaxing but of course delaney we wouldn't be able to have this weekend if it weren't for that's right ladies and gentlemen of the armed services who have uh, fought and died for our freedom so this weekend while you're barbecuing while you're at the lake while you're golfing while you're relaxing at home remember that uh We don't get to do that for free. So a huge thank you to all of those who have served. And, of course, a a big tip of the hat to those who are no longer with us here this Memorial Day weekend. That was really nice, Mike. Well, you know, it's it's heartfelt. My dad served in uh, Desert Storm. 
And uh, he always made a joke about it. He was active duty for Desert Storm. He was Navy Reserve for 18 years. And he was active. They activated him for Desert Storm. And he flew up to Minneapolis. And the uh, the war was over. The six-week six war was over before he had the chance to go overseas. So he always told people he was keeping Minneapolis safe from South Dakota. That was <laughs> that was his extent. But uh, Oh, goodness. Yeah. So So very cool. So with that, Delaney. Do we have any agriculture news we need to talk about before we get to our interview with uh, Tim Hamrich from agrad.com? We definitely have some news. Again, today was a slow news day on my end. I just really wanted to ensure that the website was up and got a lot of other irons in the fire. But we are talking to Tim Hamrich later about the ag economy and jobs and the connection between people that are just graduated college along with finding a job in the ag industry. So I thought that this was, it kind of tied into that whole theme. It was released that farm families' incomes and the well-being of agriculture economies are very dependent on the health and livelihood of rural communities because of the 2.1 million farms in the United States, 85% of those um, receive a majority of their of their income from off the farm income, so I, I thought that was interesting. You know, it really shines a light on the farming industry and the breakdown of the demographics of the industry. That's true, and you know, certainly, I know a lot of folks who uh, whose spouses work in town, and it's always not mm-hmm. necessarily just for the wages, but right. for insurance coverage. Yeah, definitely. That's I mean, my I don't think my mom would work on the farm anyways because she grew up in the city but that is definitely a factor at my household we use my mom's insurance from her job and definitely exactly exactly so that is interesting we need uh, rural america to stay strong and this weekend in winterset iowa my hometown they are celebrating the birthday of the legendary (laughs) john wayne the star of True Grit and uh, guys, mm. you know, millions of other movies. It's his birthday. I believe it would be his 107th birthday. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. My dad has, like, every movie he's ever been in, ever. Well, he needs to go to Winterset and see the John Wayne uh, birthplace. <laughs> I'm sure he probably has. They've got a nice museum there nowadays. They do. Mm-hmm. So any other news for us, Delaney? Oh, yes. I have a few other little snippets. Oh, today, this isn't really – I mean, it is kind of news, but – if we're talking about birthdays and anniversaries, today is Secretary Purdue's one-month anniversary as the Secretary of Agriculture. Okay. That's hard to believe. He's only been in there a month. It's a man that's mm-hmm. really been everywhere, it seems, in the past I know. 30 days. Yeah, I was I was like, man, was it really just a month? Was it a month ago that we already went to the town hall? But not quite a month ago, but yeah, it's Coming close. Up. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So we've been talking quite a bit on this podcast about the ongoing situation in Brazil. And one of the biggest ways it affects us, of course, is the currency fluctuation. We see that uh, impact the soybean market. But at the center of a lot of these investigations and at the center of all of these recent investigations is JBS, the one of mm-hmm. the world's largest meat processing companies. They 
there was a fantastic story on Bloomberg today, and I'd encourage all of you to check it out. It was called The Dirty Family Secret in a Brazilian $20 billion Buying Spree. Over the past 10 years, Brazil, or excuse me, JBS has spent $20 billion acquiring meat processors um, around the world, including quite a bit here in North America. And it was able to do this because they were bribing, and they fully admitted this in their, uh, not, what do they call it? Their testimony? That? Testimony, thank you. Um, <sighs> they fully admitted this in their testimony that they were bribing senior officials at BNDES, the Brazilian State Bank, for mm. loans. And, uh, so lately the, their JBS bonds have taken a massive hit. Their stock took a huge hit earlier in the week. It's, it recovered yesterday. It spiked a little bit because they are having their first board meeting today, um, after all of this has broken and, You've got to imagine there's going to be some pressure to remove the Batista brothers from the leadership in some capacity. Right now, Josley is CEO and Wesley, the older brother, is president or or vice versa. I might have them switched around. Um, but this is something that we are probably going to feel the effects of. And in fact, in Brazil right now, ranchers who sell their live cattle, their their fat cattle to Brazil or excuse me, to JBS, they are now demanding cash up front. They don't want, uh, you know, to take any delayed payments. They want mm -hmm. cash on the barrel because they're concerned about the stability of JBS moving forward. So I just thought that mm -hmm. was interesting. I'd encourage everybody to check out that Bloomberg article. We will post a link to our website, and uh, you can get on there and, and check it out. It's fascinating, fascinating, mm -hmm. the way JBS is – kind of bought their way into yeah. this huge position they have. Well, I think Pedro even mentioned it in the interview we had with him, I guess, wow, just a week ago now, that they had been paying off the banks or getting some misappropriated loans from banks and were kind of controlling that seg sector. Yep, yep. And so, and and Bloomberg just really breaks it all down. And uh, yeah, it's, it's mind-blowing. Mm. Wow. Well, we've also been talking a lot about weeds and agronomic solutions, and AgWeb released a article this morning that a lot of southern states are reporting that dicamba, some of the dicamba products like um, Ingenia, Fexapan, Extendamax, they are not working to curb some of those weeds like Palmer amaranth. They said in weeds that are two to four inches, and some that are six, six inches tall, only 50% Palmer amaranth is controlled in some of those areas. And there's a really good breakdown of the map that says that shows the states with herbicide-resistant Palmer amaranth. So we've already seen a, these, these, these weeds adapting, and we just really have come out with some of these herbicides within the last year or two years. Mm-hmm. But Palmer amaranth with, uh, you know, 2 million seeds per plant, it can yeah. evolve very rapidly. So we need to hope that uh, America's scientists are still out there coming up with new modes of action or new chemistries or, you know, new tools to attack mm -hmm. these plants. That's right. Now, Delaney, before we get into the market segment, we did have a big old piece of bearish news drop on the markets today, and it happened at an odd time. 
Usually, the U.S. cattle on feed report is issued at uh, 2 p.m., which is after the markets have closed on Friday. But because we're heading into a holiday weekend, U.S. decided Mm -hmm. to drop cattle on feed on us today at 11 while the markets were still trading. And we got to see a bit of a response. It was a very bearish cattle on feed report. The headline numbers... Uh, cattle on feed for slaughter in the U.S. for feedlots with more than a thousand head capacity were 11 million head. That was two percent above last year. Analysts expected to see less than a one percent above last year. But the big scary number that really hit the feeder cattle market hard was placements. Um, analysts were anticipating placements at six and a half percent higher than last year. They were 11 percent higher than last year huge Mm. numbers of feeder cattle moving into these yards and really um and their large their large heavyweight cattle which is uh bringing the the price down really was a was a hammer on the market today so we'll see how things go once we get into next week usually in the friday before a holiday weekend trade is light so some of the more extreme actors can uh get a little more aggressive so we'll see if we can rebalance moving into next week but geez big numbers of uh cattle on feed yeah it sounds like it and is it is it did it say anything about the concern for having facilities to process all that cattle when it gets to market weight you know they didn't the the major concern now from my understanding is that uh they're worried that producers if this market starts to fall quite a bit and they get the incentive to retain those cattle, keep them on feed longer, the big worry is that we go back to heavyweight carcasses like we saw in 2015, that uh, that would slam the market lower. As of right now, no, the numbers aren't so big that we're running out of pen space or hook space at the slaughter plants, but oh, it's enough that you know we're kind of starting to take the bloom off the rose in the beef industry. Mm-hmm. That's true. And we did see a large response today in the cattle markets. Do you want to read us today's closing market prices, Mike? I certainly do, Delaney. I want to start here with some good news. In the corn market, July corn closed up today, closed higher by five cents, finished at 374 and a quarter. The December contract also up a nickel, closed at 392 and a half. In soybeans, big down day, July contract dropped 13 cents, finished at 926 and a half. November beans down a dime, closed at 929 and and a quarter. In Chicago wheat, the July contract up seven and a half cents, finished at 438 and a quarter. December wheat up seven cents, finished the day at 473 and a half. Boy, now we're going to take a look at cattle. Live cattle June contract dropped $1.22 and a half, finished at 122.70. The August live cattle contract dropped $2.45, finished at 118.95. In feeder cattle, this is where the red ink really commanded attention. The August contract dropped $4.17 and a half cents, finished at 146.95. The September contract down 4.22 and a half, closed at 146.75. In lean hogs, we've got a little bit of green on the screen here. In lean hogs, that move continues to the upside. The June contract climbed 87.5 cents, finished at 81.82.5. The July contract up $1.32.5, closed at 81.90. Now, Delaney, we do have a fantastic interview, as you mentioned, with Tim Hammerich. And uh, should we just go ahead and turn it over and let Tim give us his thoughts on where the ag economy might be headed? Yeah, I think we should. We are welcomed now by another fellow podcaster, Tim Hamrich. 
he has started his own ag recruiting firm, and more specifically, ag grad, which is for recent college graduates. Tell us, Tim, why you decided to go into the recruiting industry and what it's been like, and really why you decided to start ag grad. Yeah, Delaney and Mike, thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, I got into the recruiting business in 2015. I had been in the feed and grain commodities uh merchandising and management side of the industry before that, but saw an opportunity in recruiting where I could use some things I was learning in terms of digital marketing and content marketing applied to an old model, which is contingency recruiting. Um, I work on behalf of ag businesses that have tough to fill positions, and I help them find uh, people who who best fit those roles, and they, they pay me for that. But what I noticed was those companies weren't wanting to pay for contingency searches for recent graduates just because they were unproven and, and they didn't they weren't quite ready to to pay the recruitment fees for uh, younger people entering the industry. Mm -hmm. However, at the same time, there still was a big need for those people. And so we created aggrad.com as a, a place where students and young professionals could go to, to get resources about what opportunities exist in agriculture and who they can talk to about those opportunities. Uh, from that, what's been really exciting has been it's grown into a community of, of just young professionals in agriculture, all looking to kind of find their place and make their mark on the industry. And uh, it's been really fun to be a part of it. Now, Tim, one of the things that we've talked about in our news segments over the you know the better part of uh, a year or two years is the continued consolidation in the the corporate world of agriculture. How is that consolidation affecting the possibilities of young people to get out and and get that first toe in the in the in the world of ag? Yeah, that's a really good question, a very interesting question, and I think we're still trying to to understand what the landscape looks like post a lot of these mergers. Uh, however, in the interim, what I can tell you is that what ag has going for it is two things, especially for those young people looking to enter the industry. Number one is extremely broad and diverse, and people aren't stopping to use our products anytime soon. The food, shelter, and clothing we produce is always going to be in demand. So the landscape may be shifting in some ways where you get large companies that are merging and they're uncomfortable with uh, go going out too far when it comes to hiring needs. However, at the same time, there's a lot of opportunities in other segments. So what I've noticed in my recruiting business for me personally is uh, I am recruiting less for maybe your traditional uh, agronomy seed chemical fertilizer sales and more for food and meat processing uh, opportunities. Hmm. It's just kind of a changing landscape. I'm not saying that is a trend industry-wide. That's just how it's kind of affected my personal business. However, uh, that is – I think there's a message there core to ag, which is – the landscape may change, but it doesn't change the amount of opportunities available for those really willing to get out there and work hard. Hmm, that's interesting you say that. I'm part of your Facebook group, the Ag Grad Facebook group, and I was just curious, how do you come up with all of those jobs? Is it Do you ask people to post them, or do you just encourage anyone who knows of an open opportunity to post them on the page? It's both. Yeah. So the, the community has been really fun because AgGrad has grown beyond what what I thought it would be, because I, I when I first started, I thought it was just the lens of myself and then my friend who who started the company with me, Jeremy Turner, the lens of what we could 
provide, the value we could provide. But then once the community kind of started organically growing itself, then other people started bringing other job opportunities to the table. So the core of AdGrad is it is essentially a job board where we only allow companies to post internships and entry-level jobs on our website. However, if you want to post an internship, it's free. And if you want to post an entry-level job, it's really reasonably priced. So uh, we want to create that core content for young people looking to enter the industry or to further their career early on in the industry. Uh, then we also have blogs, the podcast, the Future Agriculture podcast. We do a weekly Facebook Live we call AgGrad Live and offer other resources that way. But to answer your question about the job opportunities, those come from either uh, just AgGrad clients or people who have found AgGrad and want to advertise to our community or the community themselves. Now, one of the things that really impressed me, and I was not an ag student in college. I studied history, so I was always kind of looking at a distance at the ag students, the amount of internships that were available. And, uh, you know, when I was in school, it was that 2005, you know, 2012 boom period. Are those, are there still as many opportunities for internships today as there was, you know, five or six years ago? What's your, what's your take on that? Yeah, I don't know specifically relative to five or six years ago, but but the short answer to your question is yes, there's a ton of internship opportunities. I'm amazed. We're talking here. It is the 26th of May, and there are still, if you go to aggrad.com, you will see several internship openings for this summer. I mean, the summer that is like here right now wow. that are still looking to get filled. And that really gets to the core of why we started AgGrad. We were noticing on one hand, employers saying, boy, we just can't find talent. Where's the talent? Uh, you know, and you saw the Purdue study probably that shows that we have something like a 22,000 job gap per year between now in 2020. Mm. And everybody's talking about where's the talent. But at the same time, we're having young people come to us and say, boy, I can't find a job or I can't find an internship. And, you know, I've got this ag degree and I've got th these experiences. And so there's just clearly a, a disconnect in communication. Now, part of that's the willingness on the part of the student or young professional to put themselves out there to move where they need to move to do the job they need to do. But there's another part of it that's just a lack of communication where the two just aren't connecting for some reason. And, and that's really the core of what we try to do at AgGrad. Okay. Do you ever run into the problem of employers calling it an internship, but then not really providing that internship experience? I mean, do you have criteria that they have to meet to post it as an internship? We don't vet the internships themselves. Uh, you know, one of our values is is in opportunity discovery, so we don't want to kind of filter out any potential opportunities. So that's a uh, that's a really interesting question. I, I guess we've never asked ourselves that about vetting the opportunity themselves. We do offer content to the uh, the AgGrad community on how to select an internship. In fact, just this week uh, on AgGrad Live, which is every Wednesday on Facebook, Facebook Live, we do a show. We talked about should one consider an unpaid internship? And if so, mm. what's the criteria in which you should consider an unpaid internship? Um, sometimes unpaid internships can be <laughs> where a company would see it as an opportunity for free labor and right. <laughs> avoid other times. It's such a great opportunity to get yourself in the door of a career track. That's hard to get into that. It's worth it. So uh, mm -hmm. we, we talk about that and, and we try to, in our resources, the blog podcast videos, uh, we try to make sure that the ag grad nation is, is equipped with the skills to, to select uh, a well thought out career track. Now, Tim, you mentioned just a little bit ago your podcast, the Future of Agriculture podcast. You do it weekly. Uh, tell us a little bit about why you started it. What's the point of having a podcast if you're helping young people find jobs? What's the connection? Yeah, one thing we thought was missing when we started AgGrad was 
a way that we could show how exciting the industry was, especially to those who didn't grow up around farming. Like, you know, people who don't come from a farming background, I think, can get into ag and get excited about ag uh, from three different angles. Number one, entrepreneurship. Number two, uh, technology. And number three, sustainability. Everybody, whether you're from an ag background or not, has some sort of connection to those three areas. And so that's why we created the podcast. We wanted to focus on uh, entrepreneurs in agriculture, technology in agriculture, and the sustainability of producing our food, fiber, and fuel in the future. And so that's why we created the podcast. We, we thought that the podcast was the best format from that because we already had a blog and didn't quite have the budget to travel around the country filming all this. And mm-hmm. so we thought, okay, let's do a podcast and we can – we can bring on the people who are affecting the future of our industry. And what's been really encouraging to me about that is the amount of people who did not come from an ag background who said, you know what, I love your podcast. And it's really got me thinking about how I might be able to uh, be a part of ag. So I, I, I think that's uh, that's exactly what the mission of the show is. And hopefully we're, we're accomplishing that. You just mentioned videos. Um, is that something you're looking into or what other plans do you have for expansion? Yeah, as a young company, we've had to be really creative when it comes to video because it can be so expensive. Mm-hmm. So really, uh, we've we've dove in head first into Snapchat. Uh, we have a, a Snapchat channel in which multiple yep. times a week, somebody from around the country will take over our account and show us in video form uh, their job in agriculture and how they how they live. So that's been our way of be, being able to tell those stories through video without having the budget to do so. Um, and then also what we're really excited about this summer is AgGrad has hired an intern for what we're calling the Ultimate Ag Internship. And uh, her name is Taylor Kennedy. She's a Master's of Ag Communication student at Oklahoma State University. She's going to be traveling to various participating agribusinesses all summer long and uh, documenting that journey on a weekly vlog, uh, so a video blog. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're hoping that will start to springboard our, our non-existent uh, YouTube channel and, and lead us into video a little bit more. Now, Tim, is that a paid internship? So it, <laughs> it, it, there's a bit of a technicality there. It is an unpaid internship with a $2,500 scholarship at the end. Okay. So, so there's yes, a and, lot of ways to structure those that, uh, that graduates need to, or recent graduates or soon-to-be graduates need to be aware of. It's not just an hourly paycheck. There are some other options out there. Absolutely. Not to mention the fact, and this gets back to our conversation about why should you consider various internships? She's going to get to uh, have firsthand contact with probably 10 to 15 agribusinesses this summer that all could be potential future employers. So there's certainly some fringe benefits there as well. You bet. Tim, what's your background? How did you get into, A, the the ag industry and then transition your way into recruiting and then looking at ag grad? Yeah, I grew up on uh, a huge farm of five acres in, in <laughs> California, uh, which, you know, in my community, I was actually, you know, I thought we were really living the farm lifestyle back then. Uh, but we, we had uh, a niche market business where we raised um, ducks, pigs, and goats for ethnic markets. Uh, it was in the North Bay where there's quite a bit of ethnic diversity. And so uh, pigs and goats for Hispanic markets and ducks for uh Asian markets in that community. And I just loved doing that from a very young age, did 4-H, uh, FFA, got the opportunity to serve as a um, national FFA officer and uh, was pretty much hooked. Um, went back and studied crop science and management at UC Davis. And then, like I mentioned, I spent the first eight years of my career trading uh, feed and grain commodities. But gotcha. uh, that's how 
kind of got here and always wanted to to be entrepreneurial and, and never considered anything outside of ag. And uh, and that's how this whole recruiting business was born. And now you're down in Austin, Texas. Is that correct? I am. Yeah, it's about to ready to get real hot here and I'll wish I was somewhere else. But, but <laughs> the other nine months of the year are really nice. Yeah. Now, I've got just a personal question. Um, I just got into the duck business. What do I need to be aware of? I've just got 10 ducks right now. Um, <laughs> anything that uh, that I should be aware of or just just keep them fed, keep them watered and keep them, you know, give them a place to splash? Yeah. You know, I don't know which kind you, you got, but they are surprisingly hardy. Uh, obviously, just like uh, you would with with any bird, you know, you want plenty of feed and water and make sure that water stays clean because they will dirty that water like crazy. They do. They poop <laughs> all the time. They really do. And so, yeah, uh, you know, plenty of space, plenty of feed and clean water. And, uh, you know, I think as they grow feathers, I'm not sure how old they are, but they will they would love a place to splash. But that's not even essential. Uh, but, yeah, no, I. They have such a personality. I really enjoy ducks. And of course, we're growing them a hundred at a time, and so that personality was really amplified. My sister had the bedroom closest to to the duck area, so every time the car would drive past uh, our road, she would be woken up in the middle of the night with you know a thousand quacks. But uh, anyway, they're they're a lot of fun. And have some great personalities. So I think you'll enjoy that. I, I do so That's far. That's too funny. Yeah. And and they don't smell good. Is that what you said, Mike? Well, they they don't when they're in the basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. of that pooping constantly and splashing water everywhere. <laughs> yeah, ventilation might be helpful down there. Yes, oh, now gosh. they're outside, thank goodness, and they're they're much happier, and my spouse is much happier, so it's a win <laughs> deal. No, it's a pretty incredible. We were we were growing these Pekin hybrid ducks. Okay, yep. That would be fully feathered and ready to go, if I'm remembering right, in in about. Uh, thirty days, if I'm remembering right. So they would just grow like crazy. Um. That's incredible. I've got some pecans and some white layers. I'm looking at it from the egg market perspective um, because they sell in Omaha for six bucks a dozen duck eggs. Oh, ship some down here to Austin. I think they're ten bucks a dozen. Are you oh serious? My gosh. I'm yeah. about to get some ducks for my apartment. That's what I'm saying, Delaney. Then you write that sucker off. Do that before you get married, though, because my wife is saying absolutely not to ducks in our backyard. <laughs> Uh, well, we kind of got a little uh, little derailed there, but thank you, Tim, for the uh, the personal <laughs> advice. And tell us where people can find you on the Internet, either find you or AgGrad. Yeah, you could just go to AgGrad.com, A-G-G-R-A-D.com, uh, or I'm pretty active on Twitter at Tim Hammerich. Perfect. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us, Tim, and we will keep in touch with you and uh, wish you the very best as the hot season approaches down in Austin. My pleasure. Thank you. Again, a big thank you to Tim from AgGrad. If you're not already following him on social media, I really encourage you and advise you to. I follow him on, uh, I think, Twitter and Facebook both, and I'm part of his AgGrad Facebook group, and it's always fun to see what people post on there. Certainly, and if especially if you are a young professional or an aspiring young professional right. in the world of agriculture, uh, hop over to aggrad.com and uh, check it out and see if there's some tools there that you could utilize to, you know, get ahead, secure that job, stay out of your parents' That's basement. Right. <laughs> it's a winning deal nice. all around. Yeah, I bet your parents wouldn't mind. Yeah, yeah. So, Delaney, we've got next week we're talking Canada for a little bit. We're talking yep. biodiesel. A yep. little bit. We've got a whole bunch of stuff in line. And uh, is there anything I'm forgetting that we need to make sure we mention? 
I think we just need to mention again to make sure and check out our website. It's www.agnewsdaily.com. Feel free to shoot us some emails. It's up on Twitter and Facebook where our handle is agnewsdaily. And let us know what you think about the website. If things aren't working, what we could add to make it better. Obviously, it's not 100% done, but we are close. That's right. We're making progress. We're baby steps, and we want to build the rest of it in line with what you, our loyal listeners, think. So uh, be sure to let us know so we can make sure it is relevant to what you're doing on the farm or at your job or at home or, you know, talking to your great uncle, whatever about. (laughs) Well, with that, Mike, should we let the people go and have a good Memorial Day weekend? Let's let them go. Everybody enjoy your weekend. (laughs) 